the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. <coughs> or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. That was Shirtless Tom. Brian Martinez sitting across from me. <coughs> did you turn my mic on or did I do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I think you did it. If Tom doesn't remember, it sounds a lot like it being his mistake. I would not have turned the microphone on just to cough. You absolutely know who turned the mic on. I really don't. You absolutely do. Because I coughed. I thought I might have hit it whenever (laughs) I coughed and poked it by mistake. You always turn your mic on. No, I don't. Yes, you do. That's why it seemed odd that you turned it on there. (laughs) Which kickers won the most Super Bowl championships, Tom? Ah, This research is honestly so hard to come across, but I think I feel confident in saying it was Vinatieri with four. Okay, that part was easy. He won three with the Patriots, one with the Colts. Duh! Yeah, about, I told you all about that. How about after that? It's very murky there. What do you I, mean it's I murky? I thought I had a list that was right. There's hard numbers. And I could see a category for wins, but then it said David Akers was three for three, and that's not true. So That sounds like three that. for three in field goal attempts in the Super Bowl. In no, 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 that's not it. Because there was a separate category for that. This looked like wins, because it said Jeff Reed was two, and it said Jeff Reed was two for two. But I don't, I don't know. This I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss. This is a tough. If anybody out there can help me out and find the uh, concise list of kickers and Super Bowls that they've won, I would very much appreciate it because it's very impossible for me right now. And I'll add, if anyone would like to come produce the Adam Crowley show, feel free to come on in and try. Uh, <laughs> I disagree. I don't think this is that pertinent. I mean, it was a topic we were going to do. And we did it. Adam Vinatieri. He's got two to go. <laughs> you ruined it. He's got two to go to catch the goat. Big long list. And one to go to come in second place. Tom. David Akers. Yeah. Kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. When they played in the Super Bowl against the Ravens. Yeah. So there's two. Wait, what? They lost, though. They lost, though, yeah. Devin next up on the rally. That's why that it was wrong. It's because Akers didn't win, yeah. 412-922-2874. What's up, Devin? I had to call back and apologize for my outburst. You had triggered me, though, man. When you said worst defense in the history of sports, I agree. Because what the heavy? They're really bad, Devin. They're really, really bad. bad. And I know that really? the Patriots' numbers are worse. I can't imagine they're playing worse. Now, the Steelers no, will be able to move the ball on them, but I don't think there's any circumstance where Tom Brady gets fooled or slowed down one bit in this game. Not at all. We're going to lose. All right, bye. Bye. That was pointless. I love the positive atmosphere. He should apologize for that call. Got this from David Purcell at underscore Adam Crowley, and I was going here on Artie Burns. He says, I'd expect that Burns back in the lineup means that the Steelers play a lot more man coverage against the Pats. Yes, Artie Burns, I think, more a man guy. Cody Sensabaugh, more of a zone guy. But Cody Sensabaugh, last week, a little bit of man. A lot of inside release. A lot of free release, though. He didn't do a good enough job of it. And at least you think Artie Burns might be able to be a little bit better there? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, this one from David. Steelers finally. I this is this is always the thing that happens. You didn't pre-read it. I didn't pre-read it. Did we get a tweet screener? Yeah. 
No, it'd be too expensive. Steelers finally did so, talking about man coverage. There we go. To arguably some degree of success in the playoff loss to the Pats two years ago. Man up in secondary, pressure up the middle, worth at least trying. Steelers played almost exclusively zone in that AFC Championship game a couple of years ago against the Patriots. And when they did play man, they got diced up then, too. It didn't work. Last year, though, it worked for three quarters. And we would have all said that it did work had the rules all been figured out prior to Jesse James lunging across for the touchdown or had Ben Roethlisberger not thrown that interception. I do think they'll play more man. They've been playing a lot more man this year as it is. 412-922-2874. You still looking for kickers? Yeah, I am. Okay, keep it up. A.B., he going to have a rough ride in this one. So I think it's on Juju's shoulders. A.B. had 35 oh my God, receiving yards last week. In the last eight games, following a game with less than 50 receiving yards, Brown has averaged over nine catches and a buck 48. Last year against the Patriots, though, he had two catches and 24 yards. That's it. He's averaging 80 yards a game against the Patriots in his career, including the playoffs. And that's a fine number, but not spectacular. But yesterday I told you that Ben had to be better than Tom Brady. Well, A.B. might not be part of the equation. We all know how the Patriots want to make you play with your hand tied behind your back. I don't think they've been as good at that of late, but they're going to do their best to take A.B. out of it. I don't think he's going to have an explosive game. Usually, though, he does have bounce-back games, but these guys always do a fair job against him. As good as Juju has been, and he's a star, I'd imagine that the Patriots will try to make Ben beat them with A.B., or with Juju. I'll bet they'll make him beat them without A.B. That's okay. It can become the Juju show then. And I think he's up for the challenge. Last year he had 69-yarder. Nice to set the Steelers up for the win. Last week he was clutch for Dobbs on the sideline because Dobbs was trying to throw it into the first row and Juju wouldn't allow him. Ben Roethlisberger in the red in the end zone. He was trying to throw it into the first row. Juju goes up, makes the play. He made the play in the hook and lateral. The moment is never too big for Juju Smith-Schuster. If A.B.'s going to be slowed, and I imagine he will, then Juju Smith-Schuster's going to have to be lit. I was pondering how the Steelers are going to try to stop Rob Gronkowski. Started doing so Tuesday night. We talked about it a little bit on this show yesterday. Pondered it a little bit more last night. I woke up today. I was thinking about it. This is what I think about. This is how weird I am. I'm trying to figure out a way that the Steelers can slow down that half-man, half-machine, half erection beast that is Rob Gronkowski. I think I think here's what you do. I think everyone should bring nudie magazines to the game and open them when Grobs run when Grobs when Gronkowski's running down the sideline. Maybe hide his oil can, send a stripper gram to the Patriots Hotel. Cause in the waning moments last year, Gronk had a twenty six yarder, a twenty six yarder, and a seventeen yarder on three consecutive plays. He then caught the two point conversion and laughed in Sean Davis's face. The reason why I don't think things are going to get all that much better and the reason why the Steelers are changing some schematic things and personnel things for this game are because they've allowed 73 receptions and eight touchdowns to tight ends this year. And spoiler alert, none of those tight ends were Rob Gronkowski. Those are all mortal human tight ends. This is a robot. So what the F they going to do? Three safety looks going to be my best guess. Burnett may get the assignment. Jordan Dangerfield... Ooh. This is probably going to take Mike Hilton out of the game plan. Hilton's 5'9". Gronkowski's a tree. 
Both players line up in the slot all ever-loving time. So Mike Hilton's going to have some time off on Sunday. It can't just be one thing the entire game. And I know Sean Davis talked to Tim Benz yesterday about having some responsibility for Rob Gronkowski. I don't think it's going to be quite like last year where it was almost like Sean Davis shattered him all over the field. I think what we're going to see is Sean Davis as a deep safety is going to make sure he's keyed in on Gronkowski over the middle of the field. They'll have somebody underneath on Gronk, and then they'll have him over the top. God, it's just depressing me thinking about it. I'm depressed. They're not going to be able to slow this guy down. Although I'm a little bit more depressed that our crack producer, Shirtless Tom, can't find any statistics on kickers and Couldn't Bowl. be more wrong. I already have a definitive... Already have a definitive second place person, and it's Pittsburgh's very own Roy Gorello. I told you that like three segments ago. Yeah, but we didn't have that confirmed, Brian. You didn't go through the work you, that you I did to confirm it. And let me just tell you the work that I had to do over here beyond the glass. Since there's no clear list online of these kickers and Super Bowls they've won, I decided to go through Super Bowl winners and look at their rosters when I see a couple of repeat offenders pop up, like Denver went back-to-back, Dallas had a couple runs there, the Niners did. And Learning a how, lot right now. That's how I figured it out, man. Well, we, we, What do you mean? We figured it out. Roy Gorilla's in second with third. Vinatieri's the goat with four, and there's a logjam at second, and that's where Reed finds himself. If he wants to get on Gorilla's level, he's got to come back and win one more. Does it count coach uh, kick coach kick kicker coaches? No team's ever had that before. It's not easy to say. Don't make that face. Kicker coaches. Kicker coaches. Kicker coaches. Can you guys say kicker coaches? I don't want to. Kicker coaches. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. I was scared to say it. It's a tough word. Tough couple of words. I Are you going to tell me thank you? think that the Steelers are married to Chris Boswell in a way that if the Pittsburgh Pirates did something like this, the entire city would burn down. Uh, the Pirates, well, uh, he was great before. Let's give him another chance. Then he goes out there and boots four balls at shortstop. How in the world can this be tolerated? I mean, the guy's the worst kicker in the in the league. He's missed 11 kicks! 11! How? He's made 10 field goals, and he's missed 11 overall kicks because he's missed 5 extra points. The guy's not right in the dome. And I respect Sean Sweesome. I think he's a cool dude. He's got a cool nickname, Swishy Sweets. But (laughs) this is not a solution. What can be said to this guy to make him think less? Uh, In fact, I think it could wind up being counterproductive. Uh, I think sometimes when you get micromanaged, your work will suffer. We don't have that problem around here. The three of us, we hang out, we have fun, and the creative ideas, they flow from our hanging out. Go to the lab, have some fun. And all the ideas, they start flowing. But sometimes I've worked in situations where... You got someone breathing down your neck, and it doesn't make your job easy. Some people can handle it. Some people like that. Some people don't. I never did. I can imagine that Chris Boswell's walking into practice, lining up and kicking field goals, and all of a sudden Sean Sweesom goes out there and says, hey, man, you better check your follow-through. For a guy who's already thinking too much, because that's clearly the problem here. It's the yips. He's, he's in his own head. You are now at this point just making him think more about technical stuff. I never want to see a guy lose his job, but they should have cut him. I love doing that. I never want to see a guy get fired, but that Keith Butler's got to go. I never want to see a guy get fired, but Danny Smith shoot him into the sun. 
I never want to see anybody get cut, but my God, Chris Boswell. But the reality is they lost the last game in large part because of them. They They tied the Browns game in large part because of them. They lost the Chargers game for a number of different reasons, but in large part because the kicker missed an extra point. It's too little too late now if they cut him after this week because he could cost them a game, and it's a game that they can absolutely not afford to lose. Your thoughts on the Steelers' kicking situation? 412-922-2874. I'm more in on the kicker than I am on the Artie Burns slash Mike Hilton conversation. Kicker's a lot more interesting to me. Coming up next, Stephen A. Smith said something dumb today. Really? And it was hilarious. Plus, Jesse Marshall on the Penguins in their recent sucking now again. I mean, they're back to being bad. Crowley Show. He's not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest. I love lamp. I love lamp. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks, going into last night's game in the last 11 that they'd played, have led for a grand total of 41 seconds. They had lost eight games in a row. And your Pittsburgh Penguins laid a complete egg. Brian Rust was excellent. He had a hat trick. Eddie Olchek kept saying, oh, he could have easily had five goals. No, you can't easily ever have five goals. Also, Brian Rust hadn't scored since... November, 21 games. So to say that he could have had five, I think it's ludicrous. But he played well. That line played well. Sidney Crosby played hard. Jake Gensel played hard. They always play hard. But I thought Phil Kessel was absolutely missing from the proceedings. And I thought Evgeny Malkin was just dreadful. Evgeny Malkin has just three points in his last nine games. Evgeny Malkin was a minus four last night. And there are more telling stats. But use your eyes. Use your eyes and tell me that Evgeny Malkin looks like he's playing good hockey. Because under no circumstances have I felt like over the last couple of weeks that he was ever going to break out. Usually with Malkin, you'll start to sense signs of him getting his game in the right place. Well, we're not seeing any of those signs yet either. He's not driving play. He's not creating a lot of scoring chances apart from the power play. And even then, the Penguins are giving up a bunch of shorthanded goals and He's part of that. They keep taking two steps forward and one step back. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joins us now to discuss. We'll get to Stephen A. Smith after we hear from Jesse Marshall. Uh, Jesse, uh, Evgeny Malkin's play right now. Uh, woof. Uh, what can be done? I, I, I assume he'll break out of it because he always does, but how do you characterize what he's doing at this precise moment? Um, I think that, that sometimes as a, as a sort of a result, of Kessel and Malkin playing together, they become way too much of a one and done line out of. Mm. Um, and 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 here's the thing, like I think in a lot of ways I can live with that because the one and done chances that they are creating are so high quality sometimes, and and so Kessel's shot, for example, is so volatile, um, you know that, that that they can pop goals out of thin air. Uh, but I think right now what would do them some good is some extended zone time, and for me. You know, that, that Malkin line, regardless of who plays with he and Phil Kessel, it doesn't really matter who the third wheel is there, although Tanner Pearson's been a, you know, a very good one. Um, that line, when they get down low and they start mucking it up in the boards, 
they're talented enough, you know, as I said, to sort of manifest these goals out of midair. So you want them spending as much time in the offensive zone as possible. Uh, but right now they just seem to be stuck in that mode where they're looking for those transition chances. And again, while they can convert those at a high rate, um, that's not what the doctor is ordering right now. And, and I think that that's what Mike Sullivan is looking for out of that line is to extend their zone time um, and spend more time in the offensive zone. And if you do that, good things can happen out of nowhere. When I watched the Ottawa game, I thought, okay, the Penguins deserve better. When I watched last night's game, I thought, okay, Brian Russ deserved better. Uh, he played well, and everything else for me was just, uh, th- that one hurt because you felt like the Penguins were finally starting to go back in the right direction. And then for them to lay an egg like that against a team that has just been horrendous, it just it tells me that they're not they're not all the way back just yet. No, you're right. Last night's game was abysmal. Um, it, it kind of erased all of the progress that they had made over the last two weeks. And a game that bad, um, yeah, they'll snap you right back out of whatever progress you made. Um, and and I'm, I agree with you. And I said last night, you know, for Brian Ross to get on the board, the best thing that could happen to the Penguins right now is that 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 continues that that goal scoring keeps up and he's been in positions Adam. we've talked about this all year long look how many times he's hit the post look how many times he's had a 10 bell save made on him look how many times he's whisked on one and missed the net um you, you hope the hope is that that performance last night a night where he really could have had five goals adam let's be honest brian russ could have scored six himself last night um you, you hope that he grips that stick a little bit less tight and gets back to that natural finishing that he that he's good at, and these uh, rewards keep getting reaped on into the into this big stretch of games that they have coming up. How would you characterize? Nah, that's not the right way to, to phrase it. How would you handle the Matt Murray situation starting now? <laughs> well, so I, you got to get him a little bit more practice time. I think. Yeah. Um, he's really only had two practices since being back, but I think once you have him settled in. Um, you got to give them the net, Adam. You, you can't, in my opinion, you cannot go into next year. Whatever happens with the Penguins this season, however far they make it, you can't go into next year with a question mark on the position. You can't. Um, and, and I think if you can give Matt Murray the net back um, and, and see what you've got out of him for a good stretch of games, which is you know, tough to do considering where the Penguins are at in the standings, they, they just have to get a larger sample, Adam. They have to get a larger sample. They cannot go through this year and come back next summer with a question on goaltending. And for me, a question on goaltending means Matt Murray's performing at a low average level, and you're hoping that you can catch lightning in a bottle with Casey Dismiss. Uh, this is something that they have, they have to get the pulse of it, and they have to have a plan moving forward. Because, look, the reality of the situation here, Adam, is if Matt Murray performs poorly through the rest of this year, he'll have two great Stanley Cup seasons mm-hmm. on his resume, and two really poor sub-900 save percentage seasons on a growth plan. And now you're left scratching your head as what you're supposed to do next. So you've got to get him in there. You've got to get him in there, and you really have to find out what you have here definitively to address the situation moving forward. Pedersen hadn't been around all that long, Jesse, but which trade do you like more, the Pearson or the Pedersen trade? I think right now I like the Tanner-Pearson trade more. Um, I think... The reason I say that is because Pearson's taking second-line minutes and Pedersen's taking number six minutes. Uh, and the Penguins, although I've enjoyed what Pedersen's done for this team so far, make no mistake about it, Mike Sullivan is protecting and sheltering that pairing as much as he possibly can. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're getting routinely skipped over in rotation, Adam. Anytime 
Anytime the opposing team can sneak out that second, that second line, um, Mike Sullivan is skipping over um, Patterson and Johnson in lieu of either Alexi Akramata or, or Latang and Dumoulin. Um, so, you know, the Patterson trade, that I might, my opinion on that might change. If they slot him into that maybe a three or a four spot, he continues to give you the same results. Uh, but for right now, he's just not playing enough to have the impact um, that, that would slot him in over Tanner Pearson for me. Jesse Marshall joining us here on the Crowley Show. I wanted to ask you about Alexander Ovechkin. He's got 25 goals in 30 games. When this happens, you always get the people, the 50-50 people. Uh, you, you always you always hear that, well, can he catch Gretzky? I, I think he could, but as far as the 50 and 50, it, he's going to slow down at some point. But how impressive is it that he's doing what he's doing right now? Uh, it's super impressive. Look, I mean, the reality of the situation is that whether you like him or not, He's the greatest goal scorer of our generation. I mean, you know, we'll likely you know, think back on our adult years and they'll be defined in terms of goal scoring by what Alex Ovechkin did. And, and I think he's evolved his game a little bit too, Adam. The goals he's scoring right now aren't just coming from the circle on the power play, right? Uh, that, that's important to denote. Uh, he's doing it in all, in all manner of ways right now. And um, I don't think he, he's not going to do 50 and 50. That's not going to happen. But, but, Enjoy it. I mean, if you're a hockey fan, um, you know, it might pain you to watch the Capitals do well, but, but this is good hockey. And, and he, like I said, he, the manner of which he's doing it is what's most impressive to me. Jesse, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot for joining us. Not a problem, man. Thank you. There he goes, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. Tom, you got that Stephen A. Smith audio from today? Stephen A. Smith was on first take today, and... He gets four things wrong in a row. Tom, let's play it for the people. And I'm going to have some faith in, in Spencer Way and thinking that, you know, he can do some things. I'm keeping my eyes, I'm keeping my eyes on this matchup right here. Spencer Ware is I'm sorry? Spencer Ware is out. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, I forgot. I'm sorry. Out with a foot. Yep. Absolutely, he is out. But I'm thinking Tyreek Hill. I'm thinking Patrick Mahomes. I'm also looking at the San Diego Chargers on offense, and I'm thinking about Hunter Henry and the way that he's played this year and as effective as he's been. He's going up against Derrick Johnson, and i got to keep my eyes on that because I'm looking at it from the standpoint. Uh, listen, here's, here's, here's where I'm at with all of this. At the end of the day, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at Tyreek Hill. I'm looking at Travis Kelly. Okay, that audio quality is trash. We'll get to that in a second. Way to go there, Tom. But first... Hunter Henry hasn't played in the NFL this year. He got hurt coming into the season, tore his shiz, and hasn't played. Derek Johnson played for the Raiders this year, got cut, and is out of football. They're the Los Angeles Raiders. Or pardon me. Oh, I did it. They are the Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers. And Spencer Ware is not playing in tonight's football game. So Stephen A. Smith got all that stuff wrong. Hey, I think the Penguins would have played a lot better last night had Marc-Andre Fleury started. Yeah. Hey, look, don't go so hard on Stephen A. Guy's behind on tape. He's a busy guy. He's still catching up on tape from last year. So in his world, these things are just happening. So give him a break, okay? I do feel for Stephen A. Stephen A. <laughs> wakes up in the morning and rolls over in bed, pulls on a suit jacket and a tie, turns, faces the camera, and presses on, and bam, he's on that... Stupid Golic and Wingo show. Then he's on, what's the other one that they do in the morning? The Get Up show. Get they up. put him on there, too. He does Golic and Wingo from his bed. 
They, he does it all from his bed. I had no. I'm never up that early. I had no idea this was happening. He's doing it from his bed, and then as he's driving to the studio to do ESPN first take, there's also a camera in his car. He does it from his car. He does. There's a green screen behind him. So in his defense, there's a green screen in his car. Yeah, he's got one on his toilet too. He wears just a suit top. That's for NFL Live. Yeah, yeah. He always takes his bowel movements around yeah. 4 o'clock Eastern yeah. time. Yeah. He has a green screen in his car, so you see the city in the background, but it's clear that he's, like, turning a wheel and driving and, like, getting yeah. road rage at people. Like, what's the matter with you? He forgot to turn his radio off the other day. Yeah, you like, can hear, like, yeah. some pop music coming yeah, I'm through. I'm going to get a goal yeah. for you to cut me off. <laughs> I think Stephen A. Smith, on a given day, is probably doing six hours of content live. Oh, easy. He's the best. He is I, the best. You gotta be the best to get that many things wrong in one sentence. <laughs> like, that's Francesca level. What if I did that? What if I came on here and I got everything wrong? Well, I you mean, get one at a time, like big yeah. things one at a time here and there, but you don't string them together like that. I mean, that's just a pure lack of, like, what's going on in the <laughs> field that you've chosen to make money in. <laughs> Yeah, Randy Moss is really going to have his way with the Steelers this weekend. I mean, was was Stephen A. shocked that he was coming on to talk about football? <laughs> like, oh, damn, sorry. Didn't know you wanted to talk about football. I wasn't prepared. thought you guys just wanted to do NBA. Is there a game night? Oh, really? It's Chargers in, in Kansas City? Are, the char- are they, they in San Diego or in Los Angeles? <laughs> like, for real, though? Like, look, I love Stephen A., and the, the man has brought me hours of entertainment. But dude's slipping a little bit. Like Whoa! You really gonna call that? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, back in the day, Stephen A., like, he was so dialed into the NBA. Dude knew things before they would happen. Like, he was following teams. He was going to all these games every year. And he's backed off because of the crazy schedule he has. So he doesn't have a lot of the insight other than things that he's been kind of pushing for years already. He's not breaking anything anymore. You know, he says he talks to guys, and I'm sure he does. But he's just not the Stephen A. of old, where he was like a hustler and gutting after it and really, you know, grinding to get stories. Oh, he's grinding. He's got a green screen behind him in his but, car. Uh, don't get me wrong. I will watch Jeez. Stephen A. all day long. The dude is one of the most entertaining guys in sports, and I love him for it. But he's kind of slipping as a journalist. I disagree. <laughs> as a journalist, yes. He's grinding, no, to be on no television, and he grinded damn well. Man, no, you can't, you can't get more wrong than that. No, you can't. I mean, Hunter Henry's not in the league. I, I'm, I'm looking for that matchup. Hunter Henry against the inside linebacker, Derek Johnson. What in the sweet world are you doing? And Teddy Bruschi's yeah, in the middle. Say. Yeah, we don't have the visual here for you. I did retweet it earlier in the day at underscore Adam Crowley. Teddy Bruschi's in the middle, rolling his eyes yeah. and just looking perplexed off into the distance. Like, what am I doing on this show between these two jackalopes who don't know anything? Yeah, and how do you correct Stephen A? Because even if you did, like on the wrong day, he'd argue that they're still in the league. Like he would argue until the, but they're not. No, they are. No, would, Stephen A, they're not. No, they're would, really not. Look at the rod. No, they are. He would come at Max Kellerman so hard <laughs> yeah. that Hunter Henry is still a legitimate threat in the NFL. Yeah, Kellerman would how lose that argument. How dare you, Max Kellerman? <laughs> Think that Hunter Henry over the middle is still not a formula to beat them. How dare you? Someone from ESPN tweeted out today that Hunter Henry has been practicing on the practice squad the last two weeks. So if Stephen A. wants to use it and say he heard that he was playing well in the practice squad, he could use that. 
ESPN sent over a crew to be like, this guy needs to be on the practice squad for the next few weeks just so we don't look like idiots. Stephen A. Smith is more powerful than anyone in the history of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's the New World Order. He's behind it all. Yes, so he can send his people out there. I guarantee you, Hunter Henry, they're reconstructing his knee. He's going to be back in the league for this game tonight, he's suiting up and playing. Yeah. yeah, why do you think the NBA is like it is today? Because Stephen A. engineered it all. He made it happen he's that way. it all. Tom? Completely agree with everything. <laughs> Very Spot good. on, guys. Good take, man. Great work. <laughs> Coming up next, it's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. I didn't even call attention to how bad my audio was again. I love it. That audio was awful. That was awful. That wasn't my fault. Stephen A. would never stand for that. Mm-mm. But I'm not him. I would love Stephen A to yell at me. <laughs> Brought to you by To Be Determined. It's Crowley's joke. <laughs> this is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. We will get to the... Penguins and Steelers sucking at 6 o'clock, about 18 minutes. Got the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined coming up in a couple of minutes in this segment. But first, you guys hear about Adam Adovino, that free agent reliever that says he could strike out Babe Ruth? He's 100% right. Absolutely believe that. 100% right. The guy throws like 98 miles an hour. He's got a six-slide piece. Oh, my God. We've ignored this breaking news story for two days in a row on the show, and for that I apologize, but he's 100% right. Just watching old clips of Babe Ruth swing a bat, that guy would suck today. Yeah, he's striking him out in three pitches. That's a good morning, good afternoon, and good night situation. Would right it, see you, Babe. Would it be too far to go that most modern pitchers could probably yes. strike out Babe Ruth? Yes. Most modern Easily. pitchers that are free agents could strike out Babe Ruth with ease. Like, people that don't even want them on modern-day rosters could probably strike out Babe Ruth with ease. Could Ivan Nova have struck out Babe Ruth? Now he pitches the contact. I know. Walked, he would have walked him. He would have walked him. He would have walked him. <laughs> you're, ex- you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Trevor Williams? No, pitched the contact. Pitched contact. Ground out. Everyone on the Pirates staff is pitching the contact. I wonder how many Pirates, here we go, pitchers could hit home runs off of Babe Ruth as a pitcher. Ooh, that's a good call. Great huh. question. None of them. None of them. Probably not. None of them can hit. Good morning, good afternoon, good night again. Yeah, see ya. I'd give the older older pitchers a better chance. He'd be mixing it in at 80 and 75. That's what he'd bring to the table. (laughs) 412-922-2874. Tom! What time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by... To be determined. Woo! Chargers at Chiefs. Oh. Yeah. You know who I think is going to have a big game tonight? Who's that? Hunter Henry going up against Eric Johnson. <laughs> that is the matchup that I'm looking forward to. You got San Diego versus Kansas City. <laughs> For real, though, this is as good of a game as you can ask for on Thursday Night Football. 
The last one that looked like it could be this good was Steelers-Panthers, and that one wound up not being interesting because not the Steelers all. stopped the bleep out of them. Uh, Cowboys-Saints is pretty interesting. That was good. Yeah. That was good. I apologize. That was a Thursday? Yes. Okay. If the NFL wants to get its college football on, the Chargers go into Kansas City and win tonight. That's the college football thing that would happen. These two big-time Titans going at it. Division on the line. Road underdog comes in and beats the home team. They really want to get the excitement back in the NFL. That needs to happen. Let's go Chargers. You know what needs to happen for the Steelers, though? Is that the Chargers... Are you kidding? They're not They're not even a factor. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? You know what needs to happen for the Steelers, Tom? Exactly what you just said, actually. The yeah, Chargers need to beat the Chiefs. No, not who cares. Oh. Because if the Chiefs beat the Chargers, the Chargers are going to be stuck in the five seed. And if they're stuck in the five seed, the second-to-last game of the season against the Ravens doesn't mean jack. And they could easily lose to Baltimore then. <gasps> Bingo, bango. It does matter. You were wrong. You didn't even let me finish. Chargers. Go Chargers, go. Go Chargers, go. Go Chargers, go. Go. Chargers, go. go. There was a dumb-ass tweet Woo! from Doug Gottlieb. Just one? Wasn't Gottlieb up in here one day? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He, he wouldn't come on our show. I think he no. stole something. Little bitch. Yeah. His dumbass tweet said, <laughs> I think he stole someone. That one ran over my head. No, he did. He really did. Yeah, no, that wasn't a joke. What? He stole something. He yeah. tweeted out, Will Greer skipping the bowl game is a joke. He just did this today. He said that. He said that, and he said because whoever gets hurt playing bowl games, as if football distinguishes itself from whether it's a bowl game or not. Football doesn't know when it's being played. And here's the funny thing that Adam agreed with that tweet up until it said in who gets hurt in bowl games. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. Will Greer's not playing. Who gets certain bowl games? Oh, buddy, why? Yeah, no, it's damn. it's Had true. You go to plant your leg, and your ACL thinks about tearing, but then it realizes it's just a camping world bowl, and it stays strong. Yeah, you're not going to get hurt. Place, you're fine. Yeah, femurs do the same thing. They're like, oh, I'm going to bread. Oh, no, oh, it's no, a bowl it's game. Just Can't a bowl do game, it. Yeah. i got to hold strong. That's such a stupid take. Oh, God. If you want to get mad about a kid for not playing, get mad about a kid for not playing. I don't think you're an idiot then, but don't add that you can't get hurt in a bowl game. No, what, what the hell do you mean? Well, this is exactly why he's not on an ESPN doing a radio show anymore, because that was like hours of those takes. He's talking about the bowl game like it's a Pro Bowl. Like it's the NFL Pro Bowl, and they just kind of walk through it. Like, no, these players are still out for blood. Even then, you can still get hurt. Yeah. You get her playing flag football. I'm done. That's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! Let's go to Steelers, Jimmy, in Chicago. Hello, man. Crowd dog and the boys. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for putting me on uh, uh, three stars at a show the other night, man. It was freaking hilarious. Nice. Hey, 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 pay attention to that matchup tonight between Carl Pickens and Rod Woodson. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a hell of a matchup tonight. And you know what? I'm all right. Now that freaking Artie Burns is going to start against the New England freaking Patriots, I feel so much better about this game. How about you guys? I really didn't think they had a shot until they interjected that guy into the lineup. Thank God for that. It, it, it changed the whole thing, man. It changed the whole thing. Freaking Artie. Freaking burns, man. What do you think about the kicker? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sweep him smoking a cigarette. Tell him Boswell, hey, man, you got to hit this one over here. 
you got the you need to put some spot built on and get rid of the Pumas, man. You know <laughs> what? Give me a freaking break, man. The defense sucks. That's the bottom line with this freaking team. What Make do you think about the head coach, Steeler Jimmy? <laughs> I love Tomlin, but Butler's got to go, and so does that guy that chews a lot of gum. Special teams, Danny, Danny Smith. Smith. Yeah, he's got to go, too, but that freaking defense sucks. Three stops in three different games, we'd have three more wins. You know what I mean, right? Three made kicks in three different games, they'd have had three more wins. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I get that. But the real, the real problem is, they can't come up with a stop, dude, when they need Yeah, to. you are right about that, Steeler Jimmy, because even if Chris Boswell starts drilling him and becoming the boss of old, yeah, half yeah, the game there's stinking-ass defense going to be out there. Yeah, if you can't stop him, who gives a crap? Uh, listen, three stops in three different games, we'd have three more wins. Steeler Jimmy, you do you talk like this whenever you're on Touch and Wolf's show? No, I don't, man. I don't. <laughs> those, those guys are God-fearing gentlemen of society, dude. We're, you, me, and, and the boys you got with you, we're just a bunch of crazy kids, man. Yeah, we're a bunch of degenerates here. We'll talk the way we want to. Right, Steeler Jimmy? No, I, I love to. <laughs> hey, it doesn't mean I don't respect you guys. I'm just having fun. You know, it's the end of my work day. I'm all fired up. I want to get the hell out of here. I'm just, you know, we get a little get a little crazy towards the end of the day. God's afraid of the crowd, man, Steeler Jimmy. Oh, no. Come on, Crowley. Now we're going to. 412-922-2874. I mean, tell me how you really feel, Steeler Jimmy. That is the reality. As much as we talked about Tomlin and Ben and who effed that up and the x-ray machine and the field goal kicker, I mean, the defense is bad, and it's been really bad in the fourth quarter, and they haven't been able to get stops. That's been a huge problem. And I just don't think they can fix it with the coaching staff they have or with the personnel that they have. And I've wavered back and forth on this. I don't know what I think is worse, the personnel or the coaching staff. I think I lean a little bit more towards personnel when you got guys like Bince out there and John Bosk who can't cover anyone. So you throw in there LJ Fortin. Okay, but he's just a guy. He couldn't get on the field last year. You had Cody Sensabaugh playing corner, and he's, again, just a guy. Artie Burns has been a major disappointment. Sean Davis, who I thought was excellent at the beginning portion of the year, not giving up big plays, has started to miss tackles, drop balls, and not make plays on the back end. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is probably playing sooner than he ever thought that he was going to. That ain't going to help. It's just not going to get better this year. It's not. Now, you could always outscore people. You could always monopolize the football by running the ball, keep other teams off the field. But if they're not going to do that, then they're not going to be able to hide their defense and they're not going to be able to go where they want to go. Other than that, though, they're great. Other than that, though, they're fine. You know what? Sean Sweesome coming in, he's, he's going to fix the whole thing. God, what a stupid grasping for straws idea that is. And I, I think Kevin Colbert's a hell of a general manager. I respect the Dickens out of Art Rooney II. I think Mike Tomlin's a good coach. But this, to me, just seems... It seems like you're overthinking it a little bit. Doesn't it seem more like a Band-Aid for the public than yes. anything else? Yes. Like, it's just like, okay, you know, we got a problem here, and, and we're going to do something about it. We really are, you know, so we're going to try a bunch of people out, and that didn't quite work out. But, hey, we'll bring in somebody to help, you know, do whatever it is you do to help somebody who can't kick It's like anymore. when you write a letter to... A teacher, whenever you screw something up, or you have to go and write on the chalkboard, I will never yeah. do this again. I will never do this again. I will. Okay, great. That's really going to set the message across. Ryan, going off of your band aid theory there, 
Wouldn't it make more sense if you truly wanted a kicking coach to go with Jeff Reed over Sweesham? I mean, Jeff Reed's ten times better than Sean Sweesham was at kicking the ball. So if we want a coach in there, why not get the best coach in there? I mean, Reed's a guy, like we said, he's a ring away from being in second place. He's a ring away from being tied with that guy named Roy. Yeah, you're right, because it doesn't matter about the kicker. It's the coach that matters. Right. So whoever we bring in. Get a better coach than Sweesham. Yeah, just get Jeff Reed in there. Are we sure that Jeff Reed was better than Sean Sweesham? Uh, two rings to zero. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, we're going just win rings. <laughs> yeah, isn't that how? What it works? What else matters with kickers? Isn't that how it works? That's a great point. Coming up next, the Penguins are two steps forward and one step back. The Steelers, they stink, and the Patriots are coming to town. Bad tease, Crowley Show.